Welcome to The Caleb Show. This is a show about the Bible, about renewing, and about the mind, where every week we discuss how the Word of God is sufficient for day-to-day living, no matter what is happening in your life. You will be challenged to make the Bible an essential part of your thinking and living. Join us now as we investigate the world with the ancient truth of God's Word. Good morning, or good afternoon, or good evening, everybody. Psalm 53.2 says that God looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. Now, this is an interesting verse in that it actually is stated twice. It's stated in Psalm 53, verse 2, and it's stated in Psalm 14, verse 2. They both say the same thing. The God looks down from heaven, or in Psalm 14, it says the Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand who seek God. It's almost as if there's a bit of sadness in the verse, that God actually has to look down from heaven upon the earth, upon all the people on the earth, and to try to find one who has understanding, who's actually seeking him. Now, we're going to look at those two Hebrew words here in a moment, the word understand and the word seek. But I want to point out that the verse prior to this one, Psalm 14, verse 1, and Psalm 53, verse 1, both say that if the fool says in his heart, there is no God. So a fool, in his heart, which we've talked about the heart before, it's kind of the, because your physical heart pumps blood to the whole of your body and keeps the whole of your body alive, the spiritual heart is sort of the same thing. It's, it's that which can be used to sort of measure the health of your whole body. So when the Bible talks about the state of your heart, you need to pay attention because this is sort of referring to the health of your whole spiritual self. So if a fool says in his heart that there is no God, then we need to understand what exactly that is saying about a person's heart. So the word fool there is Nabal in the Hebrew. And literally, it doesn't say exactly there is no God. It just says no God. And so how should you read that? Should you read that as a fool is saying that there is no God, as in you're kind of an atheist? Or is the fool saying no God to the idea that uh, God is trying to say something to him and he's responding back, no, God, like a, a rebellion against him. I think you can obviously take it in both ways. It depends on how it fits the situation, really. But the idea that it is no God is what a fool says in his heart. So when you consider that, that God desires all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. This is what it says in the New Testament. God desires all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. So he's looking down. His face is turned toward the people of the earth, and he's always watching. He's always looking. He's always seeking. He's always wanting to know if there are any who have an understanding like he understands. Are there any who are seeking him? That's what God is after. But the fool denies God's place in his life. God wants to have a place in every human person's life. He made all people, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. 
God is looking for a place in every person's life in order for him to bring order, for him to bring peace, for him to remove guilt of sin, for him to have a relationship of love with each person on the earth. That's what God is after. He's looking down to see if anybody understands, to see if anyone is seeking him. And what he finds is, is that a fool says in his heart, there's no God. Now, if you go back to our previous, some of our previous podcasts, we did a whole series on the seven men who ruled the world from the grave. I call it world rulers. And three of them in particular, Darwinism, Marxism, and Freudianism, each one of those is coming from a position of no God. There is no God. That's the position they're coming from. So you have to deduce, based on Psalm 14 and Psalm 53, that each one of those is a position of foolishness. They're actually saying no to God, or there is no God, is what they're saying. It's a direct defiance against God. So Darwinian evolution tries to explain everything from a position of no God. Marxism is trying to organize uh, human government from a position of no God. Freudian psychology is attempting to understand the soul and the, the inner workings of a man's mind and heart and a woman's uh, from a position that there is no God. Or defiantly stating against God that he has no place in their life. That's what each of those three is doing. So the Bible ultimately defines each of those three as foolish. It's a foolish pursuit to go down the road of evolution or Marxism or Freudianism. Now, the sad thing is, is for instance, right now, the Black Lives Matter people, one of their main leaders has stated that they are trained Marxists. Now, that should be of cause for warning that they are trained in the understanding and the philosophy of foolishness. They're saying that there is no God. Okay, they're saying no to God. And just this last weekend, this is coming out on Monday, uh, August 3rd, so is when this podcast is being released. Just this past weekend, I think on Friday night in Portland, Oregon, in America, Black Lives Matter people were burning Bibles and they were burning the American flag on the streets in Portland. So if they're doing that, that was reported in several news outlets, if they were doing that, then they're saying, no God, no God, no to God, there is no God, is what they were saying. And that is not a wise place to be. It is a foolish place to be. And I'm not the one saying that. It's what the Bible is saying. God has actually stated this because he is looking down on the children of men to see if there are any who understand, if there are any who seek God. So this idea of understanding, the Hebrew word is sakal. It means to be prudent. It means to be wisely understanding. It it means to prosper when you are prudent and wisely understanding. It means to look at and have insight to consider and to ponder. So if you consider and ponder and are seeking to have insight at the world around you, then if we do that from the position of God's place, then we will gain an understanding. We will have a wise understanding of the world, of how humans work, of how society functions, of how we should act towards other people and how we should understand ourselves. All of these things will be 
correct if we're looking from God's perspective down. And we find God's perspective in the scriptures. And so God is looking for those who understand, who are sakal, who are being prudent, who are considering and pondering the life, the world around them, and trying to make sense of it and put into practice their understanding of it. God is, that's what God is looking for. He's looking for people who seek God. Now, in Proverbs 21, 16, we also have this word sakal, and it says a man who wanders from the way of understanding or from the way of sakal will rest in the assembly of the dead. That's kind of a scary phrase. <laughs> Because essentially, if you're going away from God's way of looking at things, if you're going away from God's understanding, if you're saying, like Darwinian evolution, like Marxism, like Freudian psychology, we're going to make our way without God. We're going to make our way as humans because we are all good people. We're mostly good. We're 99.99% good. Some people make bad choices. Yeah. But we're all really good at heart. We're, we don't need God. We can live without God. We can function apart from God. If that's the way that you're going, a man who wanders from the way of Sakal, he's going down a road that's against God, that's saying no God, that person will rest in the assembly of the dead. There's no fruit in going that direction because that direction ultimately is a way of death. Why? Because it's not toward God. You're looking just at men. You're looking just at ourselves as men is the measure of all things. It doesn't matter who you are, if you're male, female, or even how you identify who you are. It doesn't matter if you're only ever obsessed with yourself, and if you're only ever thinking about how uh, the government can save us, or I just need to get more counseling, or uh, maybe I haven't evolved enough, or I'm waiting for that day that, that someone's going to drop the money in my lap so I can make the most of my life. It doesn't matter. You're going against the way God designed us to go. You're walking away from the scriptures. It, it's not a way of life. It is a way of death. And so that's a sad direction to be heading. Now, this word, derash, God looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek, drash, God. This word seek is used over and over again in the scriptures. There's actually two words for seek in the scriptures. This is in Hebrew. This is one of them. It's the word drash, two primary words. The word drash has an idea of to investigate, to seek out. to. Tr I always think of Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes always begins... Uh, with not knowing anything. He has to investigate. He's an investigator. He's a detective. And so he has to go out to the place where the crime happened or the event took place. He has to talk to people. He has to look at all the evidence in order for him to make a, a clear deduction in the end to get to the right answer. He is actively putting his mind to what it was he wants to know, whatever truth he's seeking at that time. This is the way God wants us to be toward him. Seeking God, investigating God. So this idea of Darash is all about taking in all the available evidence and looking to see if it is true, if it coheres, if it is that which accurately reflects the world around you and the person you're talking to and the society that you're involved in, whatever it is. That's what we're after. We're, at, we're but we're we're trying to seek God. So He is the highest thing that we can put our mind and our attention and our energies toward. The New Testament talks about having the mind of Christ. The Old Testament talks about seeking God, 
And it says it over and over and over again. One of my favorite verses is Ezra 7.10. It says that Ezra set his heart to seek or to investigate or to study the word of God. He, he, was, he was using the word of God as his guide. And then from that, he applied it to his own life. It says he did it and then he taught it in Israel. And so Ezra becomes this model of a person that we can look at to say he was actually trying to order his life and the life of the nation around God's principles. And God blessed that in his life. And God blessed that in the nation of Israel at the time. You know, just read Nehemiah um, 8 and 9 and you'll see this amazing transformation that takes place within the nation. And so God is looking for these people who can do this. Now, we're talking about right now sort of humans in general. And what I'm saying applies across the board in every nation and every culture and every language and every people group. It applies because God word, God's word is for every nation and every language and every people group around the world. But let's get a bit more specific. What happens if God's people, what happens if the church, what happens if believers actually lose it? <laughs> what happens? In Jeremiah 10, verse 21, it says that the shepherds have become dull-hearted. Now, shepherds are, uh, in Jeremiah in particular, and in Ezekiel, uh, at that time in God's history of Israel, the shepherds were the ones who, God uses this term shepherd to describe the leaders of Israel, the religious leaders of Israel. So, shepherds, what do shepherds do? I mean, David was a shepherd. And God brought him up to make him king. And David talks about how he shepherds God's people. And that's essentially what he's doing. It doesn't matter if you're shepherding sheep or if you're shepherding humans. The, the job is basically the same. You're, you're guiding them. You're protecting them. You're taking them to places where they can find water and food and whatever. You're keeping them safe from enemies around them. You're trying to maintain the integrity of the flock and keep it healthy and keep it well. So it says here that God's people, his leaders, these are leaders within the church, leaders within uh, the community, for the shepherds have become dull-hearted and have not sought the Lord. That's that word, derash again. They have not sought the Lord. They're not seeking God. They're not investigating who God is, the, the, what he would expect from them, how he would want them to lead. They've actually turned toward the ways of men. They've used their own philosophies and their own understanding. They've let the news give, bring them fear. Uh, they've let uh, modern ideas about psychology and about the world around them and about science dictate how they should understand the world and how they should uh, teach their people. They become dull-hearted. And there are many today, the church is, is becoming psychologized. The church is allowing for... Um, uh, ideas of evolution to come in and tamper with God's word and change God's word. This is what's happening today. So the leaders of the church today are becoming dull-hearted. They are not seeking the Lord exclusively through his word to him in spirit. Therefore, it says in verse 21, Jeremiah 10, 21, therefore they shall not prosper. They shall not have sakal, is actually what it says, the exact same word that we looked at from Psalm 14, 2 and Psalm 53, 2. The, and all of their flocks shall be scattered. There's a reason why the world, in one sense, uh, the Western world, is in a fractured state. 
The reason why is because the church is in a fractured state. And the reason why the church is in a fractured state is because the leadership within the church is in a fractured state. Liberalism, uh, humanism, uh, modern psychology, modern ideas of evolution, all these things have crept into the church because the leadership of the church has taken their eyes off of seeking God, seeking him through the scriptures and letting the Bible be our directive, and they've gone and let the world come in and dictate how they should function. So we have CEO pastors and VPs under the CEO pastors because the world functions that way. The world functions based on CEO corporations with VPs under them and a hierarchy like that. And that hierarchy has snuck into the church, and over time, it's allowed for the church to be more reflective of how the world functions and not how God would want us to function as his people in the scriptures. So this is a dangerous place to be. It is a time now for the church to rediscover the scriptures and have it be the scriptures be our only way of understanding the world around us. Am I, am I being exclusive? Or am I just letting God speak for himself? I'll let you decide. You put yourself in that position because you have to answer to God too. Are you going to be the one that God says, you know, <clears throat> Bill over there uh, says that there is no God because even though he claims to be a Christian, he's living his life as if, as, like the whole rest of the world around him, he's living his life as if there is no God. So he's basically saying no God, no to God, no God. I'm not gonna. I'm not living this way because I want to be like everybody else around me. It's a place where we need to stop and investigate and uh, ourselves and to examine ourselves and say, hmm, if I read Psalm 14 and Psalm 53 and Jeremiah 10, 21, am I seeing myself there? Am I dull-hearted? Am I not seeking God? Am I lacking? in the prudence and the insight? <clears throat> Am I not pondering the world around me from the perspective that God would want me to ponder it? This is the challenge that is here before us. If people in Portland are burning Bibles, there's no difference between them and communist Russia, communist China, communist North Korea. There's no difference. <clears throat> and so the way those countries are living is how America will end up. It's how Britain will end up. It's how the West will end up eventually if we, as a church, are not actually letting God speak for himself and we're not letting the scriptures speak for themselves and taking that on as our way of life and living. So this is our challenge that we have before us now. Are we one that God looks at and God says, ah, that person is seeking me. That person is desiring understanding. That person wants to have my heart and wants to see that I desire all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. And that truth is the truth of scripture. And that scripture leads them to me. Are we that kind of person? That's the kind of person I want to be. I hope that's the kind of person that you want to be. And so if you're enjoying these podcasts, I recommend that you listen to our, our seven-part series that we did on world rulers. Feel free to email me at calebtheelectrician at gmail.com. Feel free to share this to people that, that you think will be encouraged by it and be challenged by it. Share it with your church leaders or whoever. Uh, I want people to return to a clear and solid understanding of the Word of God. That's my desire, and I want that to be your desire as well, because that is the only way that we're going to live our lives in truth and in righteousness and to overcome the world around us is through 
the power of the Spirit. So God bless you. Have a good day. Again, please feel free to share this and please feel free to contact me if you like at calebtheelectrician.com. Oh, at gmail.com. God bless you.